Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Delighted to be back with you again this week. And this week, we're delighted to have uh, back with us Scott Rawls, who is the fourth president of Wake Tech Community College. And he returned to North Carolina in 2019. Previous to that, of course, he had served as the president of the North Carolina Community College System before going to Virginia. And we're glad, uh, Scott, to have you back in the good state of North Carolina and uh, heading up uh, Wake Tech, which is, I believe, isn't Wake Tech the largest community college system in the state. It, it is. It is North Carolina's largest community college. It's great to be back. Uh, place I call home is President of Wake Tech, and it's great to see you again. So uh, when we say the largest, uh, how do you measure the size of community colleges? Because you have so many full-time students, and then you have a number of people taking uh, part-time courses and uh, doing community, I mean, uh, continuing education projects. Yeah. We- well, you roll them all up into, and so we count based on full time, what we call full time equivalency. So that's counting uh, in terms of the equivalent of full time. So it takes a couple of half time students to equal a full time student. And, and Wake Tech's about 20% larger than the next largest community college in North Carolina. So Wake Tech is, is the, the largest and, and one of the broadest, I think, actually in the country in terms of the opportunities it provides. So it's a very unique institution, and I'm proud to be a part of it. I suspect that you have uh, some knowledge about uh, what the oldest student you have and probably the youngest student you have, but that's one of the interesting things about community college versus the uh, regular uh, four-year, more traditional colleges in that uh, people of all ages end up at community college taking courses either full-time or part-time. That's correct. Yeah, I'm not sure who our oldest student is right now. I can tell you that when I looked at graduates, I think our oldest graduate this past year was close to 70. Um, previously, when I was in Northern Virginia, we had a 99-year-old cybersecurity graduate who had been a former intelligence officer. So, yeah, you see students from, you know, 16 to, to 80 at community colleges in those areas. Well, it's interesting, and I, I go all the way back. I'm, I'm old enough that I go all the way back to when the community college system was set in place and uh, uh, it was uh, through the years, it's really grown. And of course, there's a lot of uh, difference between community colleges because there's more autonomy with each community college than there is say the university system where the uh, Board of Governors has uh, uh, more uh, uh, overall authority. Uh, So tell me how the governance of community college systems work. Well, we very much are, you know, community colleges. So that name community is kind of core to who we are. We are, um, you know, what that means is that we're not a franchise. And so, you know, we are structured uniquely for Wake County. That means some of the programs that we have are uniquely Wake County focused. You're not going to see, you know, Martin Community College doesn't have the IT programs or the biotech programs that we have. We don't have an equine program like they have. It depends on the, the nature of the community, what the opportunities and the job base are in the community. But we are all intertwined. And I think that's sort of the beauty of the North Carolina Community Colleges. We work as 58. Our, we, we work to kind of plan our curriculum together. We all, we all cost the same. Our, our tuition is the same. Our admissions policies are the same. Uh, when students move from one part of the state to another, they should be able to find 
you know, interoperability so they can easily enter and, and move. And so, you know, I think it is, a, to me, it's the best of all systems. Um, we're community focused, community led, but we're state coordinated and intertwined. Well, every time you talk to anyone in the uh, uh, development, economic development department, they always talk about how important the community college system is. And of course, uh, there are many cases in several uh, community colleges where when major industries were lost, uh, for example, the furniture industry uh, had tremendous uh, pullbacks a number of years ago of retraining people, uh, the textile industry in particular, uh, as North Carolina began to lose textile jobs, these people had to find other jobs and the community college system uh, has been instrumental in doing a lot of that kind of training. Absolutely. And, and you know what makes us unique in North Carolina is that's also our roots. Um, like here at Wake Tech, we started as holding industrial education center. The, the roots of the community colleges in North Carolina was around what were called industrial education centers set up by uh, former Governor Luther Hodges, really as an economic strategy for our state. Uh, he set up Research Triangle Park. He set up the industrial education centers. And it really was about the economic mobility of an entire state. At that time, I think we were about one of the poorest, second poorest states in the nation. And and you know, so we've been part of that strategy from our roots and that influences our culture, our focus. That's why I think we are so jobs focused as an educational system and institution. One thing that has been confusing to a number of people is a number of community colleges go by that title, uh, Gaston Community College, for example, and others uh, like Richmond Tech or Wake Tech have the word tech, tech in, but that's really just uh, uh, sort of a, a point of legacy rather than uh, definition. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of a homage to our roots. You know, we are very technical. We're, Wake Tech is very technology focused. It's one of the most technology focused community colleges in the country. And, you know, you do see some, play, some colleges around the country that are uh, dropping the community name because for some, you know, community college carries a little bit of a stigma. And so they drop the community name. Others believe, and I sort of believe this, that, you know, rather than us change our name, we'll change, try to change your mind about your perception of who we are, because we're, we are, you know, we are very different than we were in the past in terms of what we provide. I think the, the quality and the access, but just the, the connection to the economy is so unique at a community college. We're very proud of who we are today, but we're proud of the roots from which we grew. Now, Wake, uh, Wake Tech particularly has continued to grow. And I know you have great plans for a new campus, uh, another new campus. You, how many campuses do you presently have in Wake County? We have six campuses um, and four training sites. Um, and, uh, you know, the new, the new place where we've just plowed 100 acres of land uh, off of I-87. And part of the, there's a story behind that. There's a reason that got us to got us there, both the strategy of where we think we need to be uh, to fill out our compass, but also an area of the county that we think that's very badly needed. We also, we're very fortunate in Wake County. We're funded, uh, we, the, the citizens of Wake County voted for Wake Tech, a $349, billion, a $349 million bond campaign a couple of years ago for workforce facilities. And one of the things we looked at the past year, one of those facilities, two, two of those facilities were not going to be sited on optimal sites. For one, we'd have to build a parking deck um, to because we have to build on top of existing parking. And for parking decks are pretty expensive and they really have no educational utility. And so lo and behold, for the price of a parking deck, you can buy 
100 acres of land and do all the infrastructure in a place you need to be. And that's sort of what got us to that place by pulling some things together. Well, speaking of funding, um, how does the funding for community colleges differ from the university, uh, the University of North Carolina system? Well, the university system is entirely state funded. So, uh, at, you know, in addition to student tuition, just like us, but, um, but the difference for us is that we have a local funded component and the local funding in North Carolina supports primarily uh, the facilities, the physical plant, the security of the facilities, the, you know, all the, all the physical aspect of the community college, except for the equipment. The, the state funding is the, all the programmatic aspects, the instructors, the counselors, the administrators, all the equipment, all the programmatic related funding. That's the majority of the funding. Um, so, and, and we're very fortunate at Wake Tech. I mean, the, the county support of Wake Tech, the county enthusiasm for Wake Tech is really tremendous. And so that's a, that's a great um, benefit of what we have because we have just great resources for the types of programs we offer. Your, your staff uh, are most of your instructors and uh, teaching uh, uh, professionals, are they full-time or part-time or is there a, a balance between the two? Yeah, Wake Tech has, um, is, is unique as a community college in that we have much more full-time instructors than other community colleges. So um, in other places, you'll find probably more of a 50-50 split between full-time and adjunct or part-time. At Wake Tech, you know, a little over two-thirds of our instruct instruction is conducted by full-time instructors. So that's a unique thing about us is, you know, a real emphasis on full-time instructors, but a great value for the part-time instructors. Many of them come from work in industry and uh, different roles in, in employers. And so they bring kind of a real world experience into our, and not to our offering. So a full-time instructor, how many classes per semester or per term would they have? They generally teach about six classes. Uh, so if you think about, um, you know, so for us, it's a, in terms of a three hour class, meaning three hours per week, they're teaching about six classes. About 18 credit hours, if you look at it from an academic term. And I, I guess that's one of the differences between that and some of the uh, university systems, because so many of the university system people engage in research. Do, do any of your community college uh, staff, do they participate in any research projects? Well, we do engage in the context and we actually collaborate with universities, but that's not our focus. Research is not our focus. It's not a real role for us. That's the university's focus. So, you know, while some of our faculty will engage in research, their focus here is teaching. I think that's sort of an advantage for us right now. You know, we're all dealing with the challenges of um, the COVID-19. And so for us, when you make adjustments around teaching, uh, the fact that that's that's entirely what our faculty are focused on is teaching gives us, has, I think, gives us a little advantage in making those shifts that we're making right now. Well, we want to talk about uh, the uh, opportunities and challenges that are presented by COVID-19 that, uh, that you're facing uh, and you and all the community college system across the state facing. And we're going to do that in an upcoming session. And we will start that after we take a break for these commercial messages. And we'll be right back with our guest. Scott Rawls, who is the president of the Wake Technical Community College in Raleigh, North Carolina. You stay tuned. Hey, Dad. 
Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, uh, Dr. Scott Rawls. And uh, Scott, of course, served as the president of the North Carolina Community College System before going to Northern Virginia Community College back in, uh, I guess that was 2015 when you left. And, uh, of course, he returned to North Carolina in 2019 to head up the largest community college in the state, and that's Wake Technical Community College. You know, when we were talking about the size, we, I didn't ask you how many students you have. Uh, so how many students do are enrolled at Wake Tech? Well, based on the way we count at Wake Tech, and we count everybody, who you know, regardless of what program. So we'll have about 75,000 students per year in every program we offer, which is non-degree, degree programs. Um, but if you look at the scale of, of magnitude, uh, about one out of every 10 working adults age 18, or one out of 10 of adults 18 to 65 in Wake County are enrolled in our programs. About 25% of all high school graduates in our county enroll in Wake Tech within a year of graduating from high school in some program. Before the break, we said we were going to talk about the challenges that uh, you and your other community college uh, associates and friends at the other, there are a total of 58 community colleges. Is that right? I think that's, that's correct. Right. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, you and the other 57 others are facing caused by COVID-19. And of course, uh, in most cases, community college systems don't have dormitories. Do any of the community college systems have on campus uh, facilities? Not in North Carolina. No, yeah. no dormitories in North Carolina. So you weren't faced with that dilemma that uh, the uh, university system uh, members... That's right, yeah. We don't have dormitories, we don't have fraternities, and we're undefeated in football because we don't have a football team either. So, you know, we, that's an advantage for us this year. Hey, uh, many of the community college systems do have basketball teams, though. We do have a basketball team, but it's not basketball season yet, so that's good, too. Well, let's get back to uh, basically how you have, you and your other uh, community colleges across the state have uh, changed the way that you teach and the way that you operate because of the challenges brought about by COVID-19. Well, our approach, and I think 
one of the things I am very thankful for is the preparation that came before I got here. And it really goes back several years ago. I, one of the things people don't know as much about Wake Tech is Wake Tech is ranked in a couple of national rankings as the best online community college in the United States. We have more fully online degrees than any other community college. And part of that recognition is at this point, every faculty member who is teaching this fall has been through an extensive certification for online um, education or has a full-time, has a mentor tied to them. And so we've put a lot of emphasis at Wake Tech on preparation to teach online that started back six years ago. And we're very good at online. Uh, community colleges are typically, even though you don't hear as much about them, very strong in online education because our student population is a working student population. They need the convenience and the access of online, not to complete all their courses, but some of their courses. And so that's the strength of community colleges. And so I think for some reasons, the sh for those reasons, the shifts have been a little easier for us because we're kind of naturally there. Also, our students are older. Um, they're, they're 26. So, you know, online education is a different thing from a, for a 26-year-old than it is for a 10-year-old. Um, so that's an advantage. Now, one of the things that we have to work around is that um, a lot of our education is can't be online. Uh, welding, you know. You don't want to hire someone for a welding job who just had an online program. So welding, applied engineering, healthcare, our law enforcement programs, many of those, you know, those classes have to be, and the way we teach those now is through what we call hybrid. So much smaller class sizes so that everybody can be six feet apart. Some of what they're offered, particularly lecture aspects are offered online. So what we've been focused on is keeping our numbers low on campus, doing what we can online, when we can do it online, doing what we need to on site, but doing it in a very healthy way. We don't have any activities or meetings going on at all at Wake Tech this semester to keep people from congregating. We know that's a challenge for our students or not what, maybe it's not what, better way to say is not what they expect when they're here. So we've also, early on, we, uh, we said, this is not what you're going to expect not what you should expect. So we're gonna help reduce some of the cost. We, we don't control our tuition costs, but we did eliminate all our fees for the semester, uh, our college-wide fees, which was approximately a 15% savings for most of our students. So, you know, we try to be, think ahead about this. We really started planning early, early, late spring and early summer. We put our plans in place in June so our students would know what the expectations were moving forward. And we have worked those plans every single day to get to this point. And so far, so good, moving into Labor Day, things have gone well for us in a difficult time. Well, I suspect uh, because you deal with uh, many older adults in the typical college age group, and uh, of course you have a number in that age group as well, but uh, because of that, I suspect that one of the costs to the uh, older student in many cases is the cost of uh, babysitting and uh, uh, so online is really helpful for that. Yeah, and that's that's part of the reason why community colleges generally have a larger online component than four-year universities. So that's one of the reasons we're typically a little further ahead in the online because of that population. Uh, but on the flip side too, we also know, you know, if you look at our enrollments, um, our enrollment in summer was really high. We were up about 17% in our enrollment in summer. Our fall enrollment it's essentially almost exactly the same as it was last fall. And so it's been impacted in different ways. One of the ways we know 
some of our students are impacted as many of them are parents, you know, so when they have, when, when the schools are out, that puts more challenge. And so they're taking fewer classes. So it has, it has different, uh, different impacts on different groups of students. One of the sectors of the economy that is being very, very affected by the COVID-19 problems, of course, is the restaurant industry. A lot of people had jobs in the restaurant industry that may never return. Um, uh, what do you uh, offer for those who are looking for uh, redirecting their lives, I guess, is a, is a good uh, way to, to ask the question. Well, what we do at Lake Tech and, is, and what we do at North Carolina Community Colleges is actually most of our students are, are in, the majority of our students are in non-degree skills training programs. You know, they come to us to get what I'll sometimes call a foothold into the workplace. That may be a job certification. We offer those through our non-degree programs. North Carolina is very unique in that regard. That's something that makes North Carolina Community Colleges particularly unique. So if you're looking to make a job transition of any type, there's no better place than a North Carolina Community College to start with a, a certification or a training program, carry that into a degree so that you can, uh, you know, get promotions moving along. We don't, at Wake Tech, we've started talking, we don't just talk about training programs and degrees, although that's kind of the core of what we do, but we talk about ladders. How do you ladder into it? How do you get into a job and then ladder into future promotions and careers? Now, all our industries and sectors are important to us. One of the things we are concerned about is we work very closely with the hospitality industry, the culinary industry. We have the largest culinary program in the region. One of the best baking programs in the, in the country, baking and pastry, we have uh, and unique hospitality programs to help with the restaurant industry. Um, and so we're very closely tied to the hospitality industry and we know that it's been impacted. We think, you know, it'll come back when we can come back because we all enjoy that. And when it does, we're gonna be ready to make sure that people have work opportunities in that, in, in that sector as well, because that's an important group to us. Generally speaking, uh... What is the biggest area of uh, uh, the curriculums that you offer? I'm guessing it would be related to business, but uh, that's just a guess. Uh, it's one of the biggest. It's one of the biggest, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at our degree areas, half of our students are in degrees that are designed around transferring to a university. That's their core purpose. So associate in arts, associate in science, one of the unique areas in there that's unique to North Carolina is what's called associate in engineering which works with our great engineering schools like at NC State and A&T. On the other side, the other half of the degrees are very much driven by industry-defined skills. We call those applied associate degrees. And um, actually some of the biggest areas for those are, are IT areas. Uh, one of the fastest growing areas are information technology. We do have a, a big business component as part of that. Um, that's where culinary and hospitality programs come into. Very big in terms of applied engineering, uh, construction, uh, building automation is actually becoming quite a unique niche for us and an area that we're very strong. So areas like facility maintenance and building automation. So uh, Wake Tech is very tech focused, technology focused, and you'll see things that we do here from cybersecurity and blockchain and data science to building automation and areas like that are, that are very unique for a community college because of the skill sets that you can learn. What about healthcare? 
I would imagine that's a big end for it is, and I, I regret that I didn't mention healthcare because it is one of our biggest industry areas and one of our most important, and an area where we have an entire campus just devoted to healthcare. So our Perry Health Science campus is contiguous to Wake Med, is a campus entirely devoted to healthcare, and we have a, a campus that's entirely in, devoted to law enforcement, our public our public safety campus, and so. Um, the, for instance, all the state troopers will receive training through our public safety campus, as well as many of the, the sheriff's deputies and others uh, from this area. That mix has not really changed much in the last 10 years, has it? No, I think, but what has changed is sort of the, the focus around certain areas that have emerged, you know, what emerges more, and you'll see this in, in growth areas in terms of Areas like, bio, you know, we grow with the sector. And so as sectors have grown like IT and biotech in this region, you've seen programs like that grow. I'll tell you uh, something that I mentioned, an area that we're really focused on right now, which is not a sector, but is, is apprenticeship. We have a new program that the county has, is sponsoring and, and funding for us called Wake Works, which is really focused on apprenticeship, which we think is really important to give students uh, and people that kind of tie in with work experience. And so that's a whole new program for us that's going to really explode, I think. Our guest is Dr. Scott Rawls. He's the uh, president of Wake Technical Community College. And we're focusing this week on issues affecting not only Wake Tech, but all of the community colleges across the state. And we'll be back with another segment right after these messages. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. And you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is Scott Rawls, who returned to North Carolina after uh, leaving his job as president of the community college system to go to uh, Virginia Community College uh, from 2015 to 2019, and he returned on April the 11th of 2019 to head up North Carolina's largest community college uh, at uh, Wake Tech, uh, which is of course located in the uh, <laughs> in Wake County, of course. Um, uh, Scott, uh, uh, 
the finance is always a matter of concern and the community colleges have its ups and downs through the years. And there are a lot of people who think the community college system has never been properly funded for all of the rewards that uh, it, uh, it has uh, paid off as far as what it's done for the state of North Carolina. Uh, how is your funding today? Is it in better shape than it's been or are we still lacking in funding for our community college system? Well, there, there are areas where we are strong, you know, and thanks to Wake County, our, I think our facility funding and our, our resources in that regard are, are strong. The area, though, that the big struggle for us and will continue to be the big struggle is in terms of salaries. Um, and I know people say that, and particularly when you look at faculty, for us, um, there are national comparisons on faculty salaries. So North Carolina, unfortunately, now ranks among the bottom five states in the country in terms of faculty salaries. We're below average for the Southeast. And that's a huge, I think that's our biggest Achilles heel. The reason why that's a problem is not because of national rankings. That's, that's really inconsequential. But that becomes a problem for workforce because when you can make more money doing the job that someone just received the training and education for than teaching people how to do that job, then you, we're in, you get in trouble. And that's where we are right now. We, we've got to pay attention to um, the salaries of our faculty in these areas because, you know, there have been some enhancements in other sectors, but in terms of our sector, we are relative to our peers across the country. We're the ones that are struggling the most. And that has big implications for what we can do in terms of workforce because of our inability to attract people who can make more money doing the job and teaching people how to do that same job. Well, that's right. Private business, private enterprise is probably the biggest competitor. Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the problems of uh, that uh, community college systems have is they don't, uh, in most cases, don't have uh, any endowment at all. Some have some endowment, but uh, uh, the major schools like Duke and UNC Chapel Hill and North Carolina State have huge endowments uh, that they've raised through the years, and that helps in their finances. Uh, is there any movement toward uh, developing more uh, institutional uh, fundraising? Yeah, yeah, there is. And and most community colleges now do fundraising and have foundations. And Wake Tech has a great foundation. We have a great support through our board and our great team here that does our fundraising and foundation. But most of the fundraising that we do is, is entirely for scholarships or other forms of student supports. We don't have, you know, we, we don't have any buildings that have been funded through fundraising or, you know, in, you know, positions that are entirely funded through fundraising. We put all our money into scholarships. Another area though, that we put a lot of money into is just the kind of supports, we call it a rally fund. We, things like food cards, food pantry, emergency aid. You know, the challenge for us is that we're more likely to be the sector that'll serve lower income or working students from working families. And for many of those students, a $500 challenge can be a childcare challenge, can be a car challenge can be what causes a student to say, I'm going to stop out. And when we, we know when they stop out, that generally means they drop out. So we're very focused on what we raise money for. We're very fortunate that uh, people have supported Wake Tech, particularly recently in our rally fund. We had a record fundraising year last year when we needed it the most, but it is an area of which uh, we can use every single penny and dime we get. Peter Hans is the new president of the university system. And of course he, served also as president of the community college system. 
And he, along with others in the last 10 years, have been working toward having uh, a closer relationship between the community college system and the university system. Uh, and now that Peter is in that job, I suspect that that, that uh, uh, will continue and probably even become more important. Yeah, I would assume so. Peter knows, you know, Peter, having been on both the boards of the community colleges and universities previously, having worked in both the systems of the university and community college, that's obviously a natural tie-in. I think it also, though, it, I think it really continues a unique legacy in North Carolina uh, heritage. Um, I remember one of my mentors was Bill Friday, and Bill Friday used to always remind me about the, you know, he, he used, Bill Friday used to say to me that, you know, always remember that community colleges were uniquely created in America as America's contribution to, to education. And what's happened in North Carolina is because we have two systems, those systems have grown up working well together. And if you go back to the history again of North Carolina community colleges, university leaders, particularly Bill Friday and others, were champions for the community colleges being created and have worked so well with us all along. When I was system president, Erskine Bowles was president of the university and I had no bigger, better supporter, colleague than Erskine Bowles. So that's, that's been the North Carolina way is to work together. I, you know, I, you know, yeah, we'll, we, we all go for our funding and all of that, but at the end of the day, we're, we're working together. And that's, I'll tell you, having been out of North Carolina, that's uniquely North Carolina in ways that's very positive for our state. Well, I think one of the things that North Carolinians need to take a great deal of pride in is that there's 50 states and a good 48 of them look around at the North Carolina higher education system and uh, all admire it because not only do we have a great university system, but we have a great community college system that uh, a lot of people are very envious of. And uh, it's because of the work of those folks like Bill Friday and Erskine Bowles and, and uh, when you were president of the community college system and so forth. It's all paying off. And uh, that's something that citizens of North Carolina should take a great deal of pride in. How many, uh, I, I, of course, I think you are also working more and more with high school students as, as some of the high school students are finishing their requirements a little earlier than the 12th grade. And some of them are actually taking courses now in the community college system while in high school. Yeah, and that's another unique thing about education in North Carolina. Uh, high school students in North Carolina can take free community college courses. We call it Career and College Promise. Uh, it's an area and get a huge jump start and huge savings in terms of their their finances and huge jump start and structuring it. Many of you know most of our courses because of the alignment with the universities are designed to transfer seamlessly to our great universities. So it's it is an it is an unbelievable opportunity for North Carolinians. Uh, some of that, you know, I always try to get the word out because more people need to take advantage of that. Yeah, well, you know, with the cost of uh, edu uh, higher education getting higher and higher, staying at home a year or two years can greatly reduce the cost of, of uh, the college experience. Yeah, and we see students that, that you know, will complete a, a master's in the time it would take to complete a bachelor's degree because they got that jump start. One of the things we hear a lot about uh, uh, is one of the needs in North Carolina uh, is uh, expanding our broadband coverage because a number of uh, students uh, or potential students of community colleges and high schools and colleges are in areas where we don't have broadband. And that's uh, particularly this day and age where we're going more and more online. That's a serious problem. It is. Yeah, we and certainly having grown up and 
lived in rural areas is still a problem that we have to keep uh, focused on. Uh, Wake County, we you know, while we may have places, it hasn't been as big an issue for us. We've tried to with COVID. We've We've got, a, you know, we've purchased a lot of tools to get out to students, including networking devices. The biggest challenge for our students has been, you know, having the actual um, laptops and those resources. And we've been fortunate. We've, we've really, we've given out, you know, probably 2,000 laptops, I think, to students to be able to access. Because, you know, if you're in a, in a family and you may have one laptop for the family and everybody's fighting over it right now for school and for work, that's a huge challenge, and that's that's a big access point here. But in the rural areas, you know, you may have the laptop, but if it doesn't connect to anything, then you're really stuck. So that's in this in this new world of online education and hybrid education, that's a problem. Let's talk about a little bit about the support you've gotten from the business community, because uh, uh, as I said earlier, in economic development, this is one of the bragging points of North Carolina. Uh, when we recruit industry and try to create new jobs is how helpful the community college system has been in doing so. But you get a lot of support from the business community. Absolutely. I mean, they, uh, in multiple, mo multiple ways, some in funding, but mostly, you know, what we really value the, that support too, that's the time and the sweat equity. And I, I you know, one of the things I, I make a point that no day will go by that I don't have some interaction with the business community. So today, you know, today I was on the, doing this with MetLife. And then I just got off with the chamber and a bunch of folks focused on some other things. So every day involves that. And I think it's part of, again, I, you know, I sound like a broken record talking about how unique North Carolina community colleges are, but we were created to be connected to employers, connected to the business community. Our role is to help our students have that, have the economic mobility. And that means being connected to where the jobs are and, and seeing them as our customer because I, you know, our ultimate students, are, our ultimate customers are students, but we want to help them get that job and move forward. And so that's why we have to have that tight employer connection. And that's something that is just, it's natural, but we're also very deliberate about to make sure that that's core to who we are. Well, the, the data about uh, lifetime earnings is incredible uh, when you see what education can do to the earning power of an individual over a lifetime. Uh, having uh, a college degree or an associate degree or even technical knowledge is just huge as far as the standard of living of families. Yeah, and, and again, it's, it's a place where, you know, for North Carolina, that was a deliberate strategy. You know, that's what I, I go back to the 50s when, you know, we were all poor. <laughs> we may not have all known it because we were all living together, but relatively we were all poor. And it was a deliberate strategy focused around education, whether that was a research focus around Research Triangle Park or a community college. And so, you know, it is North Carolina. Our guest is Scott Rawls. He's the uh, president of Wake Tech Community College. And we'll be back with one final segment here on Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, Scott Rawls. And uh, Scott is back in North Carolina. Uh, came back on April the 11th after uh, having a four-year adventure or venture, uh, one or the other, I'm not sure which it was, at... Uh, Virginia, uh, Northern Virginia Community College. That's one of the another large community college system. It, one yeah, of the actually, actually larger than Wake Tech. One of the few is larger than Wake Tech. Um, well, let's see. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things. We started off the program talking about some background about the community college system, but we shifted over to the challenges and opportunities presented by COVID-19. So again, sort of review what... Uh, the community colleges, not only yours, but the other 57 campuses are doing as uh, they adjust to the new facts of life, I guess you might say. Well, we have a we have a plan at Wake Tech. We call it Learn Well. We say our two priorities is everybody stay health and safe, stay safe and healthy and move forward and learn. So that means we're not focused on other things this semester. We're not having events. We're not having activities. Um, we've kind of spelled out what our protocols are. You can't go on one of our campuses and not see a sign that says, sit here, don't sit there, stand here, two people in the bathroom, uh, face, face coverings required in all public spaces. We let our students know what the expectations were when they registered for class. They had to check a box and say, yes, we understand that because we didn't want to, we don't want people to be surprised in that regard. And so we're, we're just being, trying to be very disciplined about it. And I got to tell you, I've been so proud of our, our faculty and our staff in terms of the planning that's gone into it, but, but also so proud of our students. Um, you know, we didn't know that first, you know, we're now finishing our second week here, third week, and we didn't know how students would respond, and that, but they've been so disciplined and, you know, wearing their face coverings, uh, respectful of everything. And, 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 if, and if we maintain that and we don't become complacent, then we'll get through this semester and how long we need to till we get to the period of normality and that's our goal and if we do that and keep our numbers low on campus and classrooms then i think we you know we won't we won't fully you know but we're, we're moving forward in a way that i think is very responsible and, and we're accomplishing what we need to accomplish uh, scott uh a number of students uh are uh, have chosen not to return to the four-year college campus because of the experiences that they are having with the uh, uh, the, the outbreaks in dorms and such and so forth. Uh, and they have probably had to make more uh, adjustments in the uh, four-year schools than, than the community college system. Are you seeing uh, students who are now 
probably at home. Are you seeing more of them maybe enrolling and taking courses uh, this year in on, from your campus and from other community colleges? A little bit, but I wouldn't say it's great numbers. I think I think many of those students did go back to their four-year institutions. You know, many of those started early too. So they started early August. Um, we saw a big jump in the summer. I think we had a lot of students, both students coming out of high school and students who were coming back who may not have had the summer jobs who were taking courses with us. I think a lot of the university students have perhaps gone back to their universities. Now, you know, so we, we will have you know, our 12 week classes starting a few weeks and our eight week, we'll have an eight week session. So those who may be coming back may take some more classes with us. But our enrollments for the fall are essentially where they were last fall. And so we, we haven't seen just a huge upsurge in students transitioning from one sector to the, to the other here in our fall enrollment. As you look ahead for the foreseeable future, what do you think maybe the top four challenges are for community colleges, your campus, as well as the others? Well, I will say, you know, what we know is that there's no, no doubt that there's going to be budget challenges. Um, you know, the, the economy is being impacted. We're funded by government funds. The government, you know, receipts are going to be down. So we're going to, we're going to be challenged with that. I was system president in 2008 when we had those challenges. Back then, I used to say, and I think this is our challenge now, is, is not to be defined by our challenges, but by our opportunities. And what I mean by that, not being Pollyannish, we're going to have our challenges. We've got to knock down those challenges as they come along. But what's going to happen with community colleges, I fully believe, is with the economic, you know, this, the, the, our scenario right now is driven by the healthcare aspects of what we're doing. But once we move past the healthcare side of this, the economic part of the crisis is going to kick in. And when that kicks in, I, I anticipate you're going to just see the roads to recovery in North Carolina running right through the middle of community colleges. When I was system president during the Great Recession of 2008, from 2008 to 2011, our enrollment increased by 28% during that three-year period because community colleges were the place people turned to for economic opportunity. I think that's going to be where we're going to be uh, as well at this point in time. That's why it's important for our community colleges to stay as you know intact and healthy as they possibly can because I think as we move past the health crisis, we're going to move into a little more of the economic recovery aspects of the challenge, and that's where community colleges are going to be so vital uh, across all of North Carolina. You mentioned earlier the uh, challenge that you have with faculty salaries, uh, and of course, if you have more demand, you need more faculty. So uh, the compensation has to be a big issue because not only are you trying to get an increase uh, for the existing faculty, but you're probably having to add faculty to take care of the additional co course load. Yeah, no, that's correct. So, you know, and we're fortunate, for instance, we're, you know, with our bond funding, we have major expansion and facilities in our Hendrick Center for Automotive Excellence. So automotive, biotech, um, building automation technology. So these are areas where, you know, we go into these areas because people, there are opportunities in these areas. And when there's opportunities, that's where, the price challenges become nobody works. Nobody works at a community college to make more money. Nobody there. You would be, you just wouldn't be smart to do that. But when the differentials become too great between what you make teaching somebody to do a job and actually doing the job, that's where the challenge becomes. And that's where we're, we are most challenged, I believe within our system right now. And it's not going to get solved this year. And it's not going to get solved within a couple of years, but it's something that we have to have a long-term focus on 
support our community colleges because that's not just a community college issue. That's a workforce development issue for North Carolina. And of course, I'm sure that scholarship aid and cost to the student is always a concern. Uh, and of course, uh, scholarship aid from private business may actually go down some during this time. Uh, do you anticipate a problem there? We have pegged that next year may not be as great a fundraising year for us as this past year, which was a record year for us, because we know, you know, everybody's impacted right now, including the business community. And so, um, you know, we're focused on what we need funding for right now. And, and that funding is getting it into to our students for scholarships and for emergency aid and for the types of supports they need, like food support, you know, uh, that we have, we have many students who are homeless. So sometimes it's about getting a student into a, hotel and how they can then ladder to a, a apartment, getting them a meal for, you know, access to a pantry or a meal card or a laptop computer in a time of where we are right now. So that's where our fundraising focus is. Well, it's uh, it's an interesting time for all, all of us and we're all learning new tricks. And uh, one of the things that's interesting is we are learning some new ways to communicate, including the way we're doing this program because we're doing this by Zoom. Um, well, with the 75,000 students uh, and the uh, uh, nearly 1.1 million people in, in Wake County, we all want to thank you for the work you're doing. And of course, uh, the state of North Carolina with its 10.6 million plus citizens, so proud of the community college system and what it's doing for our state. Scott, thank you again for being with us. Uh, and uh, we will look forward to having another report from you later on. Our thank program, you, uh, Our program has been produced by Jason Kong. He uh, will have this program available online. So if you'd like to hear a repeat of it or share it with a friend, you can do that by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. That's carolinanewsmakers.com. And you can hear not only this program, but uh, dozens of others that are archived there. We'll be back again next week, same time, same station with another edition. And so until next week, same time, same station. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Carolina Newsmakers.